This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. I'll take a yeah. This is the Sinner and the Saint. Here's former hand prodigy. Luke Anderson and bespectacled drifter Will Duckins on 1080 The Fan. Hey kids, happy Saturday. Glad to be back with you all after a week of vacation. Where were you? California. I We kept trying to guess because I know you told me where you were going, but I just... I forgot. So I think that's on you. Yeah, we went down to California. We took the twins to uh, hang out with their grandparents at uh, at their home for the first time. So went to visit the in-laws, got a couple rounds of golf in, uh, made our first trip to Disneyland with the kids. Well, they did. You didn't. I did. I went. You went. Tell tell everybody what you did when you went to Disneyland. This, to me, sounded like a sad sad vacation. What, what do you mean? I, I drank beer. You basically took the kids back to the room and drank beer and watched old episodes of TV and fell asleep. Not old episodes. I watched uh, watched movies. We put on a couple kids' movies for them so they could calm down. Uh, my, my twins are 15 months old, so they don't really get into the excitement of Disneyland. They're not tall enough to go on any rides. You just hold on to them as they look around. They can't talk and tell you what they want. I mean, they're just, they're little, they're tiny children. So you took so, this as a daddy vacation. You're going to do what you want. Well, they needed to take naps. Listen, middle of the day, kids need to take a nap. Otherwise, they're going to be grumpy. One of them wasn't feeling particularly well when we first got down there. So my wife loves Disneyland. Um, I am uh, okay with never going to Disneyland again. But if I have to go, I'm fine. And we had a pretty good discount because uh, I've got an aunt that uh, is retired army. Got us a military discount to get in. So the tickets weren't unreasonable. So I went back to the room with the kids. And when they took a nap, I just sat there and drank beer and watched movies. Did you let one of the costume people hold your children? No. Are you um, going to ever let that happen? I don't think so. I mean, at, at some point, your children no longer need to be held. So, I mean, right now they can walk. Uh, my wife my wife decided that... Uh, that one of them was ready to go and play in like the big kid playground. Oh, like the, that's not the a good two idea. To five. Oh yeah, she busted up her yeah. chin. The whole thing went of just course. sideways. The funny thing was just my wife running around frantically trying to catch her, and then she wiped out and yeah, busted up her chin. So. Did you? Were you the one? Uh, the the hindsight dude. I told you. I knew that was good. Was it your idea or her idea where she wanted to let her spread her wings? And- totally her idea. I don't go- do the I told you because. 
I, I mean, you got to let the kids be kids. Because the reason we brought her over there is because she had more energy than she knew what to do with. And her sister was feeling, like I said, a little under the weather. So I stayed with the sick one and she took the uh, energy, tried to burn it a little bit, and it didn't work out. I don't judge. Things happen. Kids get uh, bumps and bruises. Who cares? I went to uh, Disney World when I was a kid, and uh, I had a really bad experience because I took a photo. I really wanted to take a photo with the costume characters. I don't know why. How old were you? I was like eight. Okay. And I just really wanted to take a picture with one of them. I I don't know why, but I just did. Because you were eight. Sure. But I don't know what the appeal of it was to me. Like I feel like at that point, I would have known that that's not really the real Captain Hook. Yeah. So, well, maybe speaks about... My development. So you thought it was a real Captain Hook. So I came up to Captain Hook. That's very Hook. different than wanting to take a picture with Captain Hook going, I want to take a picture with the real Captain Hook. I wanted to come up to Cat. So I come up to Captain Hook and I start taking a picture with him and he was rough with me. He like, he put his arm around me and we took the picture and then he friggin' kicked me after we were done. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to give you the impression it was a hard kick, but it was enough of a kick that I felt it turn back and I was like, excuse me? He's a villain. But I'm a He's, child. I'm well, eight listen, years old. Listen, do you remember Peter Pan at all? They were all children that he was trying to murder. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Captain what, Hook he, hates children. He's going to treat me like that? Yeah, I think he is. I I, I think that you, for having been surprised by that behavior, uh, are more in the wrong than he is for actually behaving that so way. So you're saying I'm wrong. See, you know, this is how how, you know... Abuse starts, right? Is that you blame the victim. You say, well, it's your fault that you got kicked by Captain Hook. I, I, yeah. I believe you said that it was not something you would characterize as abuse, but it shocked you. Well, see, now you're trying to... I'm using your words. On me. Yeah. I'm wrapping your words up into it. Well, you're trying to make me feel bad. Hey, 55305 is a text line. We'll open it up. Who's right? Who's wrong? I say, if you go up to Captain Hook, you should expect a kick in the arse. Eight years old. Listen, you were old enough to defend yourself. Peter Pan, how old was he? You know, that makes me think, like, what other movies that are Disney that if if you kind of just take a step back and really take it objectively, that you go, well, oh, that's kind of weird. All of them. <laughs> well, like, give me an example. <laughs> Little Mermaid, uh, Snow White, Cinderella. They're all... They re- yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aladdin's kind of messed up. Yeah, they're pretty much all of them. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're all most of them based on grim fairy tales. Yeah. Or, or Hans Christian Andersen stories. The funny thing is most of them are written to have a very different ending. Like The Little Mermaid, if you ever read the Hans Christian Andersen version, it's the uh, the ending is she's punished for not being happy with what she has and needing to go you know, outside of her world. In the Disney version, she mar- ends up happily ever after married to a prince. Well, shut her up. Yeah. Is, so. it, is it that every Disney movie is slightly anti-Semitic and sexist? Like, could you make could you make a cause? Oh, for that? that 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 means you have to read into it way too deep. Well, that's, they're all absurd. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's all. I'm you could read whatever you want into it. Well, yeah, but it depends on whether or not you're willing to take the time to do so. And I'm not. I'm going to sit in the room. I'm going to drink beer, and I'm going to watch whatever on Netflix. Little Chris Rock on Netflix. Kids are sleeping. We had a joined in rooms because my brother and sister in law and their kids were there. So I sat in the one room. The girls took a nap in the other. And I watched Chris Rock. Which was meh. Okay. I don't know if you've seen Tambourine. I want to say you're an irresponsible parent, but I can't because I don't have kids yet. 
So as soon as you have kids, you can call me an irresponsible parent? I, I can. I can start judging you. What is the problem? Okay, so they're in there sleeping. Yes. We're at Disneyland. I'm in the other room, so You're I can hear the them other- if something goes on. You it- left your kids in the other room no, no, no. drinking a beer. With an adjoining room. No, I drank 12 beers. It's very different. Okay. I have one beer. 12 beers. Yeah. What part of that's irresponsible? Well, so you're having 12 beers in one room watching a Chris Rock special, and your kids yeah. are sleeping watching something else in the other no, room. No, they're not watching anything. So we, you're just in a silent room over there. They're they sleeping. Are. Yes. Lights are dim. The adjoining doors are ajar. So if they uh, have any, you know, you can screaming bouts or anything, I can hear them. Yeah. I can hear them and bust yeah. my chin. And- I'm there. I'm present if they need me. I think uh, that's fine parenting. What would have been abuse is the people that drag their kids around Disneyland while they're asleep. You basically have just a, a yeah. dead sleeping baby dragging them around Disneyland in the sun. Well, See, that seems The worse. vacation's for you at that point. Yeah. I mean, really, any vacation you take with your kids, I would think from age one to five, it's more for you than anything else because you got to get the hell away and they'll be entertained somehow. Yeah. Yeah, they're, listen, these kids at this age are not going to remember the trip at all. The best advice that I think I got b- before I was a parent was uh, my wife and I were actually in Hawaii when we lived out there. And this couple was on vacation and their kids were, you know, out doing whatever. And they were sitting in a bar and they told us, they go, just remember when you have kids that the kids are part of your life, not the other way around. So my wife wanted to go to Disneyland. We were already going to California. We are going to see the folks. So it's like the kids are coming with us. We're not following them because this is their big dream at 15 months to go to Disneyland. I think I could sue that guy. No. Who played Captain Hook. No, I, I think, think that's what Captain Hook does. Is gone I'm sure point. I was accosted by Captain Hook once or twice going into Disneyland. I'll have to remember back. I'm sure there's photos of it probably somewhere. Hey, um, here's some really big news. I don't know if you know this. Is this breaking news? or this just is breaking news. Oh, that's Hold exciting. on, let me find the thing. Oh, geez. The Portland Trailblazers yeah. are third in the Western Conference. Isn't that ridiculous? They're third. I know. Every night, even an off night, is a big night for the Blazers at this point. Five straight wins. That's the most this year. Ten games over 500. That all-star break must have helped. I mean, I know they won, what, two heading in there? They beat the Warriors going into the all-star break, yeah. their champ. I mean, they were on fire. Now, what were the Warriors' lists? What what were they missing? Um, I know they were missing someone. I feel like Draymond came back. Steph, I think everybody played. Well, maybe they were missing anybody. Maybe uh, Draymond. But, uh, but listen, they had eight all-stars on their team. They didn't really care. They were floating in. Dude, they look good. Who's that? The Warriors? No, the Blazers. They look I know. good. They're starting to look good. I, the most impressive game to me, I know everybody kind of points towards the uh, Minnesota game, right? But that Jazz game was like the most just commanding win. Like they never took their foot off the gas. Well, same thing with Sacramento, but they did not look good against Phoenix. No. And that was kind of your trap game, right? Well, like, that or Sacramento. Or but yeah. Sac- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Either yeah. of those, you could have just been like, man, I'm exhausted. We got to take a night off. But to me, I felt like the Jazz game was really like the most solid because even the Jazz are playing really well. They beat the Timberwolves last night and what was probably one of the funnier things, Jay Crowder getting thrown out. Well, the nice thing about last night's win was that the Blazers were pretty much down the entire game. I mean, Damian Lillard came out really slow at the end of every quarter. I'm confident that they were down until the fourth quarter and then they actually got a pretty... Solid victory. Yeah. Wasn't, didn't require any last second shots or any, you know, fighting through anything. But it, yeah, I mean, it helps when you, you know, get rid of everybody on the team. But 
that's a that's a nice win. That's a nice solid solid victory. But tonight's game will be interesting because there's kind of a lot lot at stake. Because even though they're in third place, they're not that far from seventh place. No, and everybody is has a chance for third place at this point. The West is just a fun house right now. Well, let's take a look at tonight and the rest of the Blazers' schedule. We'll do that next to kick things off. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. A couple comments on Disneyland that got Will Darkens all, all excited, all hot and bothered. From the it's text hot. line. It's five, really hot. 55305 if you'd like to be part of the conversation. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, woman humping an animal, very romantic. We were talking about Disney movies that if you look at objectively are pretty messed up. Yeah, my my wife, uh, we went to Disneyland. So we lived in Anaheim for a little while and I worked at Downtown Disney. So I actually had a season pass and my wife had a birthday while we were living there, I think. But anyways, we ended up there and we did like one of those character lunches or whatever it is. So all the princesses came around to say hi. And I asked uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast if she'd take a picture with me, Beauty and the Beast style, but she would be the Beast. No, wait, was Belle uh, an actual human or did she wear a mask? They're humans. So most of the time the princesses are humans. Do you not know how any of this stuff works? I can't remember. I haven't been to Disneyland in God knows how long. Well, I was just there. Yeah, the 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 princesses uh, are almost always human. So I think are the princes. Um, and then you get the, you know, the like the over-animated characters tend to have the big costume heads and the animals. Has anyone ever died of heat stroke in one of those things? I don't know. I don't know. We have friends in Southern California, and one of them, we were introduced to somebody that does all the costumes for everybody. Yeah. And uh, she was saying how uh, she had to costume like 200 people for Black Panther because it's such a huge movie. She had to go and basically just sew leather for two weeks straight and get everybody ready to go and take over Disneyland. That's pretty awesome. Actually, I heard someone on CBS they were talking about with Black Panther's costumes that it's uh, like most of it's all harkening back to like ancient African history. Like it's all just a redo, a modern redo. Don't know. Haven't seen it, but I hear it's fantastic. I want to try to catch it while it's still in the theater. We'll see what happens. But... We need to talk about these blazers. What's so funny? I don't know. Something. <laughs> Something. Oh, I got to catch it up for like. <laughs> Dude, what is, have you seen it? No, I know. I, it's supposed to be really good. I know. I, well, I, but that's a movie I want to see in the theater versus yes. waiting till it's, you know, on, on Netflix phone. and watch it on my phone. In the bathroom. Exactly. The blazers. Yeah, that's where I was trying to go before you started chuckling. <laughs> you want to see a movie? <laughs> oh. oh. Anyways. Let's go to the flicks. Blazers have the Thunder tonight. This is actually a uh, huge game uh, for tiebreaker implications. So if the Blazers win, they've already beaten the Thunder twice. And this will give them uh, three games, even if they lose the last matchup, three games to one advantage uh, at least over the Thunder. And now that you look at it right now, this is the kind of fun part about the NBA standings is when you look at the third place position for the Blazers. They're tied for record with the Spurs, but there's, what, a game and a half between them and seventh place and the Denver Nuggets. So, you know, a loss tonight, uh, two losses, puts you right at the bottom of the of the playoff picture. So now you start looking at matchups and where everything lines up. You're 12 games behind Golden State, 12 and a half behind Houston. So there's not really a chance that you catch up to the, either of those teams. So now it's about positioning. So, Will, I'll start with you, and if you could pick any of these opponents, obviously you want to finish three or four so you have a home court, but if you could pick your opponent out of those teams in the middle of the pack. Like three to six? Well, that's that'd be the middle of the pack, yeah. So we know one and two are pretty much set. 
So whoever's in seven or eight, of the worst case scenario, you drop to seven or eight, and you have to play Houston or or Golden State in the first round. So yeah, yeah if you could see, pick, yeah. if you could pick the matchup between three to six, who do you want to play? Mm. Well, it kind of depends on who finishes strong. Obviously, you want to say the Timberwolves off of gut reaction because you don't know when Jimmy Butler's getting back. I think the the diagnosis on that is that like he will be back by postseason, but. They said four to six weeks because yeah. it's surgery on his meniscus. But, I mean, you know, he'll be back, quote-unquote, but how much at full strength will he be back? So. Well, and I think the question for Minnesota is where are they when he's ready to come back? Because if you're, if you're stuck kind of in, in a spot, yeah, why would you rush him back? But if you need him to, you know, to capture one of those, you know, three to six spots, you know, for... Well, also take into account the uh, lack of playoff experience collectively of all those guys. Sure. I think this would be the first appearance for Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, um, whoever the hell else is on that team. Maybe not <laughs> Jamal Crawford. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you got him as that, but I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Timberwolves, but I'd also kind of look at the Spurs a little bit because the Spurs have been so hectic this season that it's kind of both sides of it. You say, yeah, Kawhi Leonard might be back and he'll be kind of limping on a limb there. LaMarcus Aldridge hasn't had the most consistent season, but it's also the Spurs in the playoffs. You have to worry about that. And then the most scared of any of them I am is uh, the Thunder. And even though the Thunder are at fifth right now, I can guarantee you once the playoffs start, the three dudes who all three of them are potential future Hall of Famers, I mean, Russell Westbrook is, probably Carmelo Anthony, possibly Paul George, we'll have to see. Yep. They're going to turn it on. Sure. I mean, you would certainly expect them to, but this is a team that the Blazers have actually handled to this point. So the Blazers and Oklahoma City are probably fairly similar in that they haven't really made any big changes. Neither of them did anything at the trade deadline that was earth-shattering, if anything at all. I don't think, I mean, the Blazers got rid of Noah Vonley. I don't know what Oklahoma City did. That was earth-shattering. Yes, I know. Uh, That ruined my whole week. Actually, I talked to somebody this week that was actually upset about that. I'm like, You're upset about getting rid of Noah Vonley? Again, you get rid of a young guy if he turns into Jermaine O'Neal, I guess. But I was talking to, in a completely different conversation, somebody was griping about Jermaine O'Neal even. Oh, that's the most bitter, you know what I I saw? Again, these are Blazers fans, so I'm just. You know what I saw on Twitter uh, this morning? Please tell. I saw this picture that somebody put up of a uh, Kevin Durant Trailblazers jersey up for sale. (laughs) Was it like the rookie? The rookie jersey? Yes. (sighs) Why do you still have that? Why haven't you buried it? Why haven't you put it in a box with a. Why haven't you buried it? Yeah, and put it out to sea where it belongs. (sighs) I don't know. The Blazers, they have. The Kevin Durant thing, the Michael Jordan thing, you have some reason to gripe, I suppose, but yeah, get over it. Anyways, the those two teams, though, I think that the Blazers are playing their best basketball of the year right now, for sure. This is the, the best they've been record-wise in three years, so since the 2014-15 season. Ten games above 500 is the best that they've been. The five-game win streak is the best they've had all year, and you have a team that, I mean... I know you had Nurkic for a handful of games last year, but this is really his first season there. And you didn't make a ton of changes, but still you need to figure out the chemistry of this team. Well, I think they're looking better in these last couple of games. And I think really the Minnesota game for me also showed what they might be able to look like in the playoffs. That to me felt like a playoff game. Sure. Maybe it was because the first three quarters we were behind and we just scratched and clawed our way back. But you saw the pick and roll action with Nurk and uh, with uh, Shabazz and CJ and even Dame sometimes. And you kind of go, 
Yeah, that would make sense in the playoffs if they could do that consistently. Also, Shabazz Napier, dude, my pick for most improved and most undervalued player on this team this year. Would he be considered the Blazers' sixth man? <sighs> trying to figure out because he started a, a few yeah. games when Dame was out. He's he's. You would he, say by technicality, you go, oh, well, I mean, Evan could, Turner, I guess. But the stats, at least recently, would suggest it's Shabazz. Shabazz he hasn't, is the dude. He hasn't been super consistent. So you're not going to have him in running for sixth man of the year, I wouldn't think. But both, most improved, I can see that being something that happens. The other thing is when you look at, because I was trying to take a deep dive at all of these teams in the middle. That actually tied the season series between Minnesota and Portland last night, too. So that win ends up being a big one. You've got New Orleans has beaten the Blazers twice the last two meetings. That's a very hot team in the NBA. Um, they've got one more matchup. That'll be at the end of this month. You've got Oklahoma City. They're going to play tonight and then once more. So again, if they can get a victory there, I think that's important. San Antonio, Utah, and who else is it? San Antonio, Utah, and Denver. And? Last. The last three games of the season, too, for the Blazers. So you've got all of these matchups. You still play, you know, like I said, you play Oklahoma City tonight. You have New Orleans on March 27th. You get Memphis a few times, which is nice. I mean, you get a nice little East Coast swing that's not too bad where you get Detroit. So well, actually, that no, that sucks because you get Cleveland, too, which we, I want to talk about later because you you were poop brown wrong about the Cavs. Poop brown wrong? Poop brown wrong. Just wrong as as wrong can be. I have the Cavs still making the NBA final. You are mistaken, sir. That's fine. I've, with time, time will tell. Time will Again, tell. Again, how much faith do you have in the East-leading Toronto Raptors? Hey, trust the process, baby. Which process? Shut up! <laughs> God, you know I hate that. Do you trust... The Raptors, who are the one seed in the East. Uh, yes or no? What to to what to to make it to the NBA final? Man, no, I don't. Okay, do I trust the Celtics. I kind of do. Uh, okay, I kind of trust the Celtics. I to do. Okay, so after these last two games, right? I there have been two games since the All Star break for the Cavs that have really just kind of shown that. Yeah, you bring in Rodney Hood, you bring in all these new guys, but it's really the same Cavs team. Because before the All-Star break, nobody really cared, and they were just like, let me get to this break, but Cleveland had this new breath of life. You get these two games afterwards where you go, oh yeah, these guys really aren't that good, and when LeBron James feels pressured, he just goes, give me the ball, I'm going to score every play. Yeah. It's not looking good. Time will tell. Time will not, tell. I'm not, well, listen, I don't have that much faith in the Boston Celtics. Why I'm, not? I just because they've never done it. Is it because? Is it because Gordon Hayward's not playing? Yes, that's it. It's because Larry Bird's not playing. When was the last? Nah, I guess Kevin Durant, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen also not playing. Or Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Garnett. I was gonna say, well, he is playing. Yeah. He's not in Boston. Yeah. Yes, uh, but yeah, I just don't see. I don't see a Kyrie Irving led team taking out a LeBron James led team. I just, I to me, I can't picture it. Who do you take? Brad Stevens, Ty Lue, or Ty Lue? That's how. That's kind of what I break it down to, because I almost Brad feel like Stevens the, hasn't won anything in the NBA either. I, see, dude, I almost feel like it's here's to the point where LeBron's kind of saying, "Man, is it worth it to try that hard this year?" Like, I feel like he's going 08 oh, LeBron right before he left, or yeah. was it? oh eight oh seven. 
Yeah, 07 yeah. LeBron, right before he left for Miami, that series during the Celtics where he just goes, yeah, screw it, I'm done. Well, here, here's the problem that the Cavs are going to have, and this is why the East kind of does matter, is the battle at the top, to me, will be very interesting because the Cavaliers are probably going to have to go through Toronto and Boston. Yeah. The team with the advantage there might be the second team that plays Cleveland. I mean, if you're if you're Boston and you can get them after a seven-game series against the Raptors or vice versa, ooh, ooh. buddy. And then whoever's waiting for them. Now, are you still on the side where you think the Warriors are a lock to be back in the finals? Are you giving the Rockets some credit? No, yes, of course. I, I The Rockets look good, but I just keep going back to the same thing with Dan, uh, Mike D'Antoni. He, he has as many wins in the playoffs as yes. Brad Stevens. You're so right. But you know what? Every <laughs> single time it comes down to the either Western Conference Finals or Division Round game, he can't play defense. His teams can't play defense. Right now, his defense is better than the Golden State Warriors. I, I hear you. I know. But this all is, I'm saying is that they're going to run themselves ragged through seven-game series. And what's going to happen is what happened to James Harden last year, which is he goes to a strip club after the game. Yeah, but he's still going to do that. <laughs> he's going to do that win or lose. That's the one thing you count on from James Harden. Which, by the way, is James Harden the most athletic dad bod of anybody in the NBA? Does he have a dad bod? I mean, take a look at him. He's got a dad beard. But he just doesn't look like he's, he's got a degenerate beard. He doesn't look ah, like he's in good shape. Yeah, I don't know about that. Take a look at pictures of him. I'd rather not. Well, I'm going to. Okay, you pull him up. You go ahead and uh, throw him on Twitter. We'll all look at him. He looks fat. Uh, I just don't. I don't see that. There's not a lot of NBA guys that look fat. It's like that's like saying an NFL player looks skinny. Like you look at the game, you're like, man, that guy looks skinny. Randy Moss was a beast. If Luke Falk gets in the NFL, I think I can say that confidently. Maybe Mike Glennon is skinny. Mike Glennon is skinny, but he's also bigger than you are. James Harden is his body is basically the greatest rec league player body of all time at. Sinner Saint 1080. Will's going to tweet out a series of James Harden pictures. Use the text line. Use Twitter. Let us know what you think of his dad bod. We'll talk about those next. First, we need to go to the news. Maybe. Hey, welcome back. Twitter. Oh, Twitter. If you go on to Twitter, go to at Sinner Saint 1080. There are a couple of polls there we want you to participate uh, because, uh, let's be honest, you know, if it's just me and Will sitting here talking, it's going to get stale, it's going to get old, it's going to get uh, pretty frustrating because Will's terrible to talk to. Um, so we need your input from the outside. So Whoa. go on there and participate in the poll. Will? Hurtful. Oh, sorry. Could you hear that? Ooh, yeah. Um, what are our polls today? Okay, first one. We were talking a little bit about LeBron in the first hour, but... There's been a lot of talk about him possibly going to Philadelphia once free agency kicks up. couple reasons for that. So, one, there was three billboards posted up outside of Cleveland. Uh, the, did you see the pictures of yes. those? Oh, those are fantastic. But basically just uh, recruiting him. I guess Cleveland rebutted with uh, their own billboards outside of Philadelphia. This, yes. And this no is way. a delightful. This is way more fun than a Twitter beef. Yes. Let's fight over an athlete. Uh, well, yes, but using billboards to Twitter beef or billboard beef is a billboard beef. Billboards are effective. I think this is They're right in front of you. I think this is fantastic. And the other reason is they just played a couple nights ago. So in five years, who has the best chance of becoming the next 
LeBron James. Your choices, Greek Freak, Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, or Evan Turner. All right. How, should we do results? How did Evan Turner get on there? What do you mean? Well, is Evan... I mean, Evan Turner's pretty good, but do you think he's LeBron James level? Don't, I don't know. You made the poll. You tell me. Obviously, I wanted I wanted to go fishing what? on that one and see how many like how many people just could, go Homer. Yeah, would just Homer the hell out on that. Uh, one. Evan Turner, college basketball player of the year. Yes. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, LeBron James never never accomplished that. Evan Turner, college basketball player of the year. There you go. LeBron that's James. It. LeBron James never was. I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, I think we know who the better player is. Other poll we have up is talking about the NFL Combine. We'll definitely get about get in more about that in the second hour. But Oh, yeah. I thought we were going to get into it next. I thought that was oh, a good segue. Okay, we Unless do you don't want to. Well, let's do it. Okay. So the NFL Combine is an interview in your underwear. What fan show would you most like to interview in their underwear? Choices? Uh, at <laughs> at 1%, uh, our show. What? Saint. Yes. How many votes? Uh, 54. Damn so that's it. not good. Uh, 4% Dusty and Cam, 19% Dirt and Sprague. Uh, that also includes swag. And then, of course, 76% Isaac and Souk. I don't know how to feel about that. Is that... Do we think this is just a popularity ranking of the shows? Well, if it or, is, then we suck, which is... That's what I'm saying. That, I feel like we already knew. Or or are people really going in and analyzing the physique of the of the shows? I mean, we're pretty hot. I think that goes without we saying. We have incredible bodies. So I don't know why you would want to see a hairy Jason Sukanic or... Well, no, Rop's the hairy one. Rop with his man boobs. Your words. I um, I don't know how to feel about this. I thought that we would do a lot better in this poll. No, of course not. What do you mean? Do you know the basis of our show is that people just hate on us, but they love to listen because they love to hate? No, that can't be true. That can't be. When it, have right? you ever seen anyone hate on us? I saw three texts before we even started about, oh, I can't wait to Dude, uh, hear problem. Will just crap on Damian Lillard. Again. That well, that's you got to do it at some <laughs> point during the show. It's kind of what you do. It'll happen. Yeah, I don't so, know when. But. <laughs> We will get to it. Uh, so speaking of the Underwear Olympics, they are going on now. Uh, how, on a scale of 1 to 12, how excited do you get for the NFL Combine? For the Combine, uh, it goes year to year. And it goes okay. year to year only because there are some times where you can tell somebody's going to have a crazy year. Like when John Ross was about to get into it uh, from Washington. you were Last like, year. Yeah. like How did he do last year during the season? Did he play at all? He didn't play at all. <laughs> Injuries. But but it's he's fat in the combine. It was the 40 time, and you just kind of wanted to see, you know, how he would do. I felt the same way. I remember when uh, Vernon Davis came out of Maryland. Oh, sure. And he's a physical freak, and you go, I can't wait to see this. Well, dude runs a 4.39, has like 42-inch vert. Like, just across the board is yeah. a perfect combine. This year, I wasn't crazy about it only because there's nobody there that I was like, oh, I really want to see that. And then Sam Darnold comes out and goes, well, I'm not, not going to throw. So, What about your man crush? Who's that? Saquon Barkley. Oh, now that guy. You love Saquon Barkley. I'm a big Saquon Barkley fan. That had, dude is like genuine running back. He had what they consider to be essentially perfect numbers for a running back. I mean, he had lineman reps on the bench press, 41-inch vertical, 4-4-40. And the most impressive thing about the whole results of his combine, he wasn't happy with it. 
How does that like? Does that give you? I remember uh, it was it Cedric Benson came out of Texas, and he was drafted by the Bears. I remember he was he dropped a little bit in the draft. I remember him. He just started balling. It's a big deal. He's like, man, I'm gonna show these people, and he's like with tears, like angrily going through it. And I remember thinking, I was like, dude, this guy's gonna be a beast if he's that pissed off about dropping in the draft he's gonna go out and just crush fools he was for a little bit he never really yeah. never really did so how well can you project off of these things just the way that guys respond in these moments like does that give you more or less confidence in saquon barkley being a beast because well, really, he was supposed to be a heisman trophy winner and he never really quite hit that stride you really can't read much from the combine to be very honest um I think the most relevant thing is really quarterbacks throwing because then you get a sense for, you know, how do they look um, in that kind of pressure situation, I guess, because you have all scouting eyes on you. But really when it comes down to the 40 or anything else, bench press, uh, shuttle, any of that, it becomes irrelevant unless it's just strikingly bad. Okay, well, that brings me to the next really, question. Really, bad. <laughs> okay. Like, like Orlando Brown bad. Yeah, so Orlando Brown is an offensive lineman from Oklahoma. Do you have his stats up in front of him? I'll get this here. Let's see. Okay, here we go. So Friday, he ran an unofficial 5-8-6 40-yard dash. That's really bad. He is 300 pounds, but... 360. Dude is 360. He's not 300 pounds. He's closer to 400 pounds than he is to 300 pounds. Yeah. Six foot eight, actually, 360. Actually clocked in 345, but still a lot. I'm uh, okay, Play, playing weight at Oklahoma was 360. Yes. Okay, 345. Yes. And then uh, let's see here. We got some broad jumps. His broad jump was six, <laughs> six inches. Six inches? Yes. Wait, what? Or six feet. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. I was like, what? Six feet. You're an idiot. Uh, and then the worst of all, which uh, I, I think. This is something every- you this is something you need as an offensive yes. lineman. This is the bench press. 14 reps. And how much did they bench 225? Yes. How many did uh, Barkley have? 25. Barkley had 20 or something 25. Yeah. And I think there was even a receiver that had something like 18. Yeah. How can you bet? It makes me think that he didn't. He, he take better it have very a shoulder seriously. injury. He better have a shoulder injury. No, I think he didn't take it seriously. I think he felt like he could ride enough coattails to just go. Well, the combine doesn't matter. I'll just get in. But like really though, they were. This is when it matters when the, your stats so, are so bad. So do you have the right article up where it does it say who the guy was? It compares it to another guy with similar numbers. Seventh round draft pick, never played in the NFL. Like like that's the closest combine numbers they could find to anybody. And this guy was supposed to be and has been projected at a first round pick. Yeah, that's where it gets really difficult when you look at it and you go. All right, those are bad, but how bad are they? And in context, the only guy that had similarly bad numbers, because here's the thing about the combine. Not everybody goes to the combine. It's not everybody that played in college football that wants to go to the draft. You have to be invited. So you need to have a certain amount of cachet from your college football career to even be there. So have you ever ran a 40 yard dash? Oh yeah, I ran them nice and slow. I think I ran a four nine. Nine 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 in high school, hand timed a four nine nine nine. Yeah, I, I would five. think you ran a five. I would think you ran a five hand timed, hand timed yeah, four hand nine. Time. Hey, listen, I, even even laser timed, whatever it is. I remember the fastest I ever ran a forty was something like a high four six on okay. laser time, and yeah. that was like the peak of my athleticism. Sure, an average person can run a five second forty. Yeah, it's not very difficult. 
It's really not. Yeah. Run, outrunning a lineman in a straight line is not very hard. If you're close to six seconds, yeah. you're jogging. Or you're Tom Brady back in 1990-whatever. Guessing I'm, I'm guessing I'm running close to six seconds right now, that's for sure. Tom Brady's 40 or Probably time. close to seven seconds. Tom Ooh. Brady's 40. If you go back and watch that, he looks like the awkward kid in gym. Like, basically just trying to stride out. It's basically like he ran his 40 a couple times, like, in practice, and one of his coaches came up and just goes, you know, that doesn't look good. Just don't hurt yourself. Just stride it out. Just don't hurt yourself. Get those legs yep. out there, yep. and something will happen. So, I don't think quarterbacks have thrown yet in the combine, have they? Not yet. Okay, here's the prediction. This is from Pro Football Talk. So, you know it's good. A combine coach says that Josh Allen is expected to throw the ball 90 yards and 70 miles per hour. He played at Wyoming? Wyoming. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What? That's all I care about. Is it? Where'd Carson Wentz play? North Dakota State? That's different. Where'd Steve McNair play? Alcorn State? Where'd Tony Romo play? Northern Illinois? Where'd Joe Flacco play? Delaware? Well, Pittsburgh, then Delaware. Delaware? Josh Allen? No. No, thank you. Josh Allen looks like a uh, crappier version of Ben Roethlisberger. Skinnier and doofier. Skinnier and doofier than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Is that so bad? (laughs) Will will he assault women? He won't? Oh. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. not that bad. Will he force women into bathrooms? No? Okay, well, we'll draft him. Well, what I was going to say is uh, this reminds me of another quarterback that had two first names that ended up getting a lot of effort uh, thrown his way. Doesn't that sound Jeff Georgian to you? Je- oh, yeah. Doesn't Josh Allen sound like Jeff George to it, you? Because what, what do you want? A guy that can throw a football through a cement wall, or do you want a guy that can throw it on a pinpoint? Well, do you remember uh, Jamarcus Russell? You remember his big thing was that he could throw like 80 yards on one knee. And then he gets drafted by the Raiders and has a coding addiction and off you go. Yeah, if you don't hit your receivers, it doesn't matter. When was the last time you seen a 90-yard pass completed except for Tecmo Bowl? Well, and, and that's the, only because you're running backwards the whole time. Well, and I guess the whole idea is that like if you let them develop long enough that they'll they'll, you know, the develop accuracy. But one of the biggest things scouts always look at when it comes to quarterbacks is one, decision making, and two, accuracy. Tom Brady, I know, greatest quarterback of all time, but he's a perfect case study in it because he had horrible arm strength, but he was so friggin' accurate out of college. Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington too. Yeah. He not just accurate. You, Though he had kind of a crappy career, he stuck around. He had a, for a, dec- really he had long a decent time. career. Yeah. He, he kept he kept getting chance after chance after chance. But yeah, so the NFL Combine underway. Tune in. Let Dustin, us. P one Dustin says I can do more than two hundred. I can do more two twenty five reps right now than Orlando Brown. I don't think you could. I bet, I bet you. I don't know Dustin. But there's people listening that probably could. Do you know what 225 is like to bench? It's actually quite a bit. It's 245 plates on each side. I, I understand that. That's but what lot. I'm saying, is, but you go to the gym. There's guys that just bench press. There are, but it's... There's people that listen to this station that can that can rep 225 probably more than that. I mean, there's a reason they picked that number. Because really, when you're yep. doing 225 and you're trying to get as many reps as possible, I think my rep count for that... Dude, I might have been at 12. Like, I, I wasn't very good at bench press either. But it's friggin' hard because it is a total test of your athleticism. Sure. Like, everything. Now, I could bench 300 pounds maybe twice, and that was it. I had that kind of strength. But really, when you do 225 in this test, it's all about durability, athleticism, and how long can you last. 
I mean, Stephen Paya, I think he still holds the record there out of Oregon State. That dude was a freak of nature on every level. But when you looked at him, you wouldn't think he was incredible at bench press. He just knew how to do it. There's dudes that just bench press. That's all I'm saying. So if Dustin could do it, good for you. Dustin, you're not going to make a million dollars playing football, and you won't be in the draft. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's see it, Dustin. Prove it. Yeah, get we'll, down here. Yeah. We'll set up the bar. Yeah, come on. You get down here. You got it. You prove it. Yeah. All right. We'll drink beer while we watch you do it. Good versus evil is next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave it's time for good versus evil brought to you by the titan of hawaiian restaurants 808 on 1080 the fan the you point that understand I'm what to, I said? That, I said exactly. Neither does everybody else. That's the problem. We don't no, understand. understand. All it's right, clear. guys. Should there be an extra rule for Ezekiel Elliott? If you understand, the answer like is no. Period. I'm actually not sure what the hell that was. All right, guys. Calm down, everyone. Everybody just... Ah. That was first take. And Molly is pretty much just like just like a piece to look at while these two dudes argue. That's that's the show, right? A white what, guy and a black guy what screaming is, and a hot chick. What is her job description? Mediator? I. <laughs> that's like the most force she ever had on that show. That's the most I've ever heard her talk on that show. Okay, guys. Come on, you two. Well, anyway, that was those two bullhorns. They were talking about the ongoing fiasco between the NFL and Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. According to ESPN, sources say the NFL is seeking more than $2 million from the Cowboys, citing a rule that has apparently been on the books since 1997. The rule states that if one owner brings litigation against other owners, he must reimburse their legal fees. This all goes back to the whole Ezekiel Elliott situation last year. Anyway, you see Jerry beating this. No, I don't know if it's worth fighting it all that much. I mean, he's, I know it's $200 million or $2 million or whatever it is. I mean, it comes out of like $65,000 per owner. So it's not like, I know it's just a drop in the bucket. I think it's way more symbolic. So maybe he will. He's kind of an insane curmudgeon. So he may just kind of go after it, but he drinks a lot. Does he? I would think. Just based on the bright red nose you always see with him? Yeah, and just the the saddlebag face. Yeah. Who touches him? <laughs> Someone does. Yeah, he got a lot of money. There's a lot of people who like a lot of money. I don't know. It's a good landing spot. I just don't know if it'll work out. I just we don't know if they're going to have or will be that was willing good to pay the money right. that Kirk's going to be at there because I really do think this is going to be a money grab for Kirk in this, free, in this unrestricted free agency period. That was younger Lawrence Vish. Fish burn stunt double Lewis Riddick. He's talking about the most unstoppable average white guy quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Rumors picked up this past week about his potential landing spot for next season. Sources with NFL.com say that now four teams are in the running. That is the Broncos, Cardinals, Jets, and the Vikings. Hey, don't the Vikings have Case Keenum, though? And Sam Bradford and Teddy Bridgewater? No, they don't. They let uh, Case Keenum walk, so he's an unrestricted free agent, too. And, yeah, this 
This whole thing is bizarre to me. You and I had the conversation on and off air uh, over the course of two weeks on what the Jaguars should do because you thought they were the front runner for Kirk Cousins or should have been. Yes. And I, I just think there's going you're going to see teams spend less money at the quarterback position. There's got to be a reason that they never paid to have Kirk Cousins stay in Washington. I don't know what that is, but to me, that's a little bit of a red flag. And I don't see any of these teams rolling out the red carpet because as much as you'd like to think Denver's one piece away, if they just had a quarterback, I think they need a little bit more help on offense than that. And if you spend your entire bankroll on Kirk Cousins, I don't think you're going to a Super Bowl automatically. Side note, Kellen, Kellen Clemens... Or uh, Kellen Moore from Boise State looks like John Elway. Yes, of course he does. He's got Broncos teeth. They both played for Broncos, too. That's true. You would have thought he just found his adopted son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's alive! Like his son, like like tragically passed away when yeah. he was younger, and then he met him again as an adult. Yeah, yeah. That's what sports does to you. Yep. Well, anyway, that was all about the whole Des Cotet thing. And this week, the NFL reached a unanimous decision that some of the league's rules on what is considered a catch should not be, or I'm sorry, should be more accessible. Representatives used examples like Des's catch in the 2014 divisional round and Calvin Johnson's famous quote-unquote catch in 2010. Representatives say they will implement new rules on the definition of a catch during their meetings late this month. Do you think this will change decisions in the future for refs? Yeah, it's strange because we saw a couple incidents in the Super Bowl that you thought could have been overturned. And you already see them kind like of the Ertz catch, the Ertz catch and the what was the other one? Crowley. Yeah, there's two catches in there. Either way. You're going to you're going to see them, I think, just kind of play it by the spirit of the law and maybe not the letter of the law and try to reform the letter of the law so it closely matches kind of what their intention was, which is, listen, if you hit the ground and we can see it bobble, the, it's, it's not a catch. But the Des Bryant, the Calvin Johnson thing where you can identify it as a catch from preschool, then you need to make those catches. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you, Favorite story of the week. This one comes from Pennsylvania. At a Newfoundland church, hundreds of crown-wearing worshipers clutched AR-15 rifles, drank holy wine, and exchanged or renewed wedding vows at a commitment ceremony. What are you talking about? So this is where yeah. now? This was in uh, Newfoundland, uh, Pennsylvania, where basically people wore crowns with uh, bullets on them. And uh, they brought their rifles into church to uh, bless Rin their rifles. They remarried their well. They guns. Re some remarried, but then others just blessed their rifles. Okay. So uh, this this church, or I'm sorry, this group, the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary, believes the AR-15 symbolizes the quote rod of iron. Get it? These guys are rods in the biblical book of Revelation. They're blessing their guns. Wow. Kind of weird, huh? Dude, this is insane. Like, How freaked out would you be if you were driving and you just saw a bunch of people walking into a church with a gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if you were just driving Yikes. by and you weren't involved. I, I'm in just it? trying to picture. Do you have photos of this? 
Yeah, there's photos. Uh, put them up on Twitter. Put them on Center Saint 1080. I want to see. It's a pretty what... big story this week. Well, I missed that one. The one that I did see, though, after the school shooting uh, on on Valentine's Day, you you had a little league in Missouri that was going to go ahead with their auction of an AR-15 as a fundraiser. They decided that they didn't see any problem with it. They're like, well, this is Missouri. That's Florida. It's totally different. We're in the middle of the country. Yeah. They're on the coast. Yeah. I mean, down there, those guys are crazy up here. We we got good family values. They do coke down there. <laughs> we do heroin. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, people are absolutely insane. And that's... I just think about all that, I like, about. if I was driving by as a bystander and I saw a bunch of people walking into a church with a gun, I feel like I'd pull over and all, call immediately and be like, uh, am I seeing this right? All I can imagine is you're new to the community and you decide, you're like, I've been looking for a new church and you're going for Sunday worship and that's what's going on. And then you just slowly walk backwards out the door and hope yeah. that nobody hears you. You bump a candle, it falls over, everybody's head snaps around. Hear a bunch of loading. Yikes. Well, that's good uh, versus evil. Uh, is this not the cake day? <laughs> uh, and then you're like, yeah. Is this, uh, I thought this was the... I was, uh, I was looking for coffee hour. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guns. A lot of guns in this church. All right, well, that's good versus evil. It's brought to you by 808, the titan of Hawaiian restaurants at 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. Two ridiculous plays in the NBA, which was better. LeBron James threw his own teammates' legs behind the back or the sickest crossover anyone's ever seen. Yeah, 55305, let us know. We'll get to your answers next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.